Sangin Podcast would like to appreciate everyone who has listened and watched our episode. On behalf of the podcast, we would like to encourage every one of you to follow and subscribe to us using whichever medium you choose to listen to us. This increases our outreach and makes us bring bigger and better guests for amazing stories. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Senyin Podcast. Today, I'm joined by the amazing Victor Paolo, all the way best in Canada. Um, he'll tell us about what he's doing, what he's into. he also give us an insight on the Canadian society in relation to we, the Africans, in the diaspora. Um, Victor, you're welcome to the podcast. Man, it's an honor and a pleasure to be with an, with an, an international award-winning uh, individual like yourself it's a it's a it's an honor <laughs> okay um so victor paulo for someone who does not know you how would you introduce yourself i'm your cousin that's it <laughs> okay <first one>. <laughs> <laughs> you know uh i'm i'm you know from uganda uh you know i was born in kenya but i'm ugandan um you know our people are Ankole people i were from uh you know, from the Barara area, the, the Western district of, of Uganda. And, you know, but we live here, we moved here to Canada in 1990 when I was five. Uh, and we've been here ever since. And, uh, you know, outside of that, I was able to, to grow up here being someone that's a first generation uh, African immigrant to eventually becoming a citizen to, you know, eventually now being a contributing member of society. So it's uh, it's been quite the journey and it's been quite the perspective, you know, being able to see things from both sides. And I recently just came back from a visit back home, you know, for unfortunate circumstances. But uh, it was just very nice to be able to go back home. It's my first time going back home as a, as a as a grown man. Last time I was there, I was 12, you know, 12, 11, 11 years old, you know. So my first time going back over 20 years and, uh, you know, it gave me a a new appreciation and a new, I don't know, like a, a new sense of purpose, you know, because it's one thing to know where you're from, but it's another thing to really see, feel, breathe, and just be immersed in where you're from, you know, and, and that, and that has a special, it has a special, it's a special thing that, 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 that I really think is something which I didn't think I needed until it happened. So, you know, so you ask who I am, I'm a proud, you know, Ankore Ugandan who lives here in Canada. Okay. Um, on your bio uh, for, for this podcast, um, we said you as sports voice announcer. And uh, looking at your social media, I've seen that uh, you've been to these various basketball games, NFL, sort of. Um, are you are you a sports fan? I'm a big sports fan, you know, and I'm an international voice for sport as well. Uh, you know, I announced everything from basketball. I announced at the uh, at the Pan American Games. I was able to announce uh, powerlifting at the international level. I'm actually one of the voices for the World Para Powerlifting Organization. And, you know, we host events, which I've been the voice of, you know, in St. Louis, Missouri, which is in America, uh, being at events which were in, in Lima, Peru, and South America, uh, Cairo, Egypt, you know, in the motherland of Africa. Um, you know, in Dubai, United Arab Emirates, you know, so uh, I've been very blessed to be able to be in different parts of the world and, and have my voice bring me there. So yeah, I'm a big sports fan and sports has, sports has given me a lot, uh, a lot in my life and it's, and it's allowed me to experience a lot in my life as well. Uh, so among, I, 
in North America, I know the three biggest sports are American football, uh, basketball, and um, I- ice hockey. And ice hockey. So it's it's, it's, the, it's the major it's the it's the four it's and it's NFL which is the the football or or CFL American football baseball hockey and basketball those four are the the four major uh, sports in North America. Of those four, which is your favorite? Uh, I'm a big NBA fan. Actually, I played football my whole life. I played American football for um for twenty years, twenty seasons. I played, and but I've coached American I've coached basketball and I've also played basketball and I've also uh been in announcing for basketball so for basketball for me I'm going to say is more of the sport I'm really passionate about I could you can wake me up in my sleep to announce a basketball game and I'll and I'll announce the best game I've ever heard in my sleep you know like it's just it's part of uh I just love it a lot okay, um so how did you enter this thing is it a gift that someone just spotted your fan said victor you can do it or there were processes that you went through to you to reach this far um it was definitely a process and it was definitely a journey um where did it start i mean it's the gift of god from being able to have a great quality of speaking you know our grandpa you know what i mean he was someone who was um a major member of the church and where we grew up and where we're from right so him being someone who publicly spoke grandma as well being someone who was you know, part of the community as well. And then you look at people who we have in our family and the things that they do. So it seems like speaking is something that uh, our family's been blessed to have as a quality. And I've just been lucky enough to be able to discover that I'm able to have that talent and use it to my advantage. So for example, when I was going to school at Algonquin College, uh, there was a job posting for announcing to be an announcer for basketball. And you got to get paid money to watch my friends who are on the basketball team uh, play basketball. So for me, it's a no-brainer. I was going to be there anyway for free. But this time I can get paid to watch the game and call it as I see it um, while having the best seat in the house. So it was it was something which caught on quickly. And, you know, from there I was the announcer for the Carlton Ravens. They're one of the most winning basketball franchises in the last two decades. Uh, you know, they've won near, I don't know the exact number, but maybe near 20 national championships. Carleton University has won uh, over the last two decades. Um, it's not 20, but close to it. Uh, but, you know, it's, I was lucky enough to be the voice for them for, you know, five to seven seasons. And then from there, that got me the chance to do a lot of national uh, finals for university. So the national, the final eight teams, the top eight university teams compete in a national championship here in Canada. And I had the opportunity to be the announcer for those finals five times. And of those five times, uh, I was able to announce the gold medal game three times. So that was a real big thing, as well as they brought in teams from America, NCAA teams to play Carleton. And then while they did that, you know, that that increases your profile. And it's 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 really um, it's really it's really blessed the way that, you know, from there I was able to get the opportunity to uh, do the Pan American Games and then from the Pan American Games. I was able to get the opportunity to do world para powerlifting and through and through all of that, I would have never had an idea that just by applying for this one job to announce basketball that my friends play in, that would have the opportunity to, um, you know, that I'd have the opportunity to actually do this at such a high level. So wild. Okay. Uh, you know, for us, um, uh, who are not so big fans of, I wouldn't say big fan, but we, we, have, we don't have that 
keen interest in the top four American sports. Um, the sports that we grew up with with the announcers were wrestling and box, like um, the people who introduced the fighters. Um, is that something that you'd want to do? You know, whatever I'm needed for my voice, I'm never going to say no to. Um, and just to get back on that last point, Carlton won 17 national championships. Um, and that's more than any other program in the United States or Canada. Um, but anyway, what would I rather do? Any sport. If, if the sport can give me an opportunity to find a new audience, if a sport can give me an opportunity to um, see parts of the world I've never seen, to experience things I've never experienced, sign me up. Mm, amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, so if someone wants to hire you, where, they can, where can they find you? You know, just put in Victor Paolo in Google and I'm, I'm not hard to find, uh, you know, Victor Paolo at Gmail, you know, Victor.Paolo Outlook, you know, on my Instagram, my Twitter, all my handles, social media, Victor Paolo, one word, you know, the beautiful thing about my brand is my brand is my name and my name is my brand, right? So um, my name is very unique. As you know, I'm named after uh, our uncle Paolo. So, you know, being able to have a name that's very unique, such as Victor Paolo, that there's no other one in the world. I never really appreciated its uniqueness, you know, growing up, especially in a place like Canada, you know, you get kind of embarrassed that you have a name that's different than everyone else. Right. But as I got older, I finally embraced, you know, who I am and my name and, and what it's about and, and who I am. And to the point where I created my brand, that is my name. Uh, so it's, it's lucky enough that if you ever want to find me, or my brand, you know, we're, we're, we're two of the same, we're, we're the same thing. So I'm very easy to, I'm not hard to find. Okay. Um, okay. My next question will go to the Canadian society. As I said, you're a first generation immigrant. Um, over the past, I think maybe like 30 years, um, Canada has had this open door policy of, of um, immigration compared to the states. Um, how do you see the life of immigrants? Do they settle in? Is there is there a way of, of naturally them blending with society? Yeah, because you got to remember that, I mean, North America is inhabited by everyone's an immigrant, whether you're Irish, whether you're French, whether you're from Europe, Africa, Southeast Asia, anywhere in Asia. If you're anywhere that's not an indigenous from North America, you're, you're an immigrant, right? So this whole entire society in Canada and America is based off of immigrants and immigration, right? So I think Canada has always had that open door policy. Like you said, like, for example, the Ukraine war happened, you know, we opened our doors to Ukrainian immigrants. And whenever Ukrainian immigrants come here, you know, there's programs in place, there's communities that are already established in place that can help them feel at home and that help them settle. Um, same thing as Africans, you know, we have African communities here. And one thing I've seen a lot more in the younger uh generation of people versus in my generation is I feel like a lot more African community is more they're more united for example you see like a, a big Nigerian uh, communities you know here in Ottawa you see big Somali communities here in Ottawa you see you know a, a lot of different a lot of different countries across the diaspora there's communities here Sudanese communities right so I think it's really it's really easy to find your community if you want to and it's also um, there's places and systems set up to help you settle in, which is, I think, a, a beautiful thing about, you know, Canada, at least that I can speak to. I can't speak about America. I've never been there, um, you know, as, as living there, right? I've only been there to visit. But from my experience here in Canada, as someone who's been here as an immigrant, um, I mean, look at me, right? I, I, I came here as an immigrant, refugee status, and look at where we're at now, right? So 
anything is possible uh, over here in Canada, which is a beautiful thing. Um, and um, in, do you see Canada becoming a hub for, for Africans to, like in the diaspora, the way the UK was in the 60s, the way China is trying to become right now, do you see Canada being that place that is a collection of African, African art, African intellectualism, African culture? You know, I think it's uh, it's definitely a possibility. I'm not going to say no. I think the big thing is it starts from us here, right? It starts with the diaspora here and, and us being united and with us finding a way to push to push it forward. I think that's the that's the important thing. And I think we are even right now here in Ottawa, there's a lot of groups a lot of ever since the whole George Floyd thing, ever since the whole COVID thing, I feel like the the black community here in Ottawa has definitely been more. Uh, there's been more united. There's been more unity. There's a lot more black businesses that come that have been opened here in Ottawa. A lot more black people are supporting black businesses. Um, it's very beautiful, you know, and, and it's something which I feel, if this continues in the same trajectory that it's heading, um, I think anything is possible. And 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 for me, my dream, and what I would really love, is you know, for us to find ways that we can utilize our network and our resources of being here um, to help build and improve life back home. And not to say that, you know, back home needs us to come be saviors or anything, but I also think it's helpful whenever you put ideas together to try to work towards a greater cause. You know, like for example, myself, I want to work on a way that I can build and contribute in a positive way to the the community in Barara, like where we're from, right? So mm-hmm. what that looks like is having to work really hard here, having to make the right connections here. And, you know, one thing which I would really like to do, for example, I don't know how, but it's something on my list of things I want to do is to be able to create some sort of program that can help people that are, you know, paraplegic, that don't have access, that don't have, uh, access to their limbs, uh, people that need wheelchairs, people that need crutches, being able to provide some sort of program like we have here in Canada to help people who have these type of um, disabilities. I'd like to be able to create something like that. But as you know, people that live in the rural areas suffer more than people that live in the city, right? Because there's less resources, less access to things. So I want to be able to, in any kind of way, impact my community back home in a positive way. And it's not for me to have a, a statue built with my name on it. It's just for me to know that I've been able to use everything that I've learned and done here to help better the the quality of life for people back home that, you know, didn't really have a chance. And not to say that they're not being looked after, but just it never helps. Like I said, to, it, it never, it never, it never hurts to be able to collaborate thoughts and to help improve systems and to help make things better. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to know, um, what are those things? Um, you say you, you've been to Uganda recently, and I admit that um, you have an insight about Uganda and Africa in general. What are those key things that Uganda or Africa can learn from the Canadian society? Um, you know, what I'd like to say is if you have to look at Canada just celebrated um, our 150th birthday in, in 2017 as a country, right? And with all of that, it's been a long time for things to be able to be put in place. We just been we've we've been you know independent as a country in Uganda. Um, how far back was that? 1962. 
1962, right? So from 1962, we're still a young country, all things considered, right? And don't forget, M7's only been in power since the 80s, right? So stability has been something that we've just recently, I'm going to say, like, if you're looking at 100 years, right, it's only been recent in a 100-year scale that Uganda's really gained stability and we started growing. Um, even right now, uh, at the, after the, the conference they're having in Russia right now, um, our president's there. And I think he recently made a, a post talking about how he's looking at how they can help uh, Russia and Uganda can have better ties in regards to, you know, investing in Uganda and agriculture and all these kind of different things. But these kind of things are important for us to be, you know, building international relationships, right? Like a country like Canada is a part of the G6, the G8, you know, all these important international groups because they've established themselves in the international scene for hundreds of years or for a hundred years now, right? So I'd like to think that the future of Uganda is very bright. I'd like to think also that once, like I said, you know, we can find a way to work collaboratively as a people. And I think it all starts with just working on your own backyard, right? You can't, like I say, Rome wasn't built in a day, you know the saying, right? So my, my whole thing is if I can go back home and work on my little piece, you go back home, work on your piece, you know, or, you know, like Louisa's working on her piece, you know, we all have different, you know, Rosa's working on her piece, right? We all have different family members working on our pieces, but if we see it through, then we all have done our part to just little by little help improve the country, right? But then if we all aren't thinking about how we can improve back home and how we could do things back home, we're just thinking about, you know, building, investing here and not back home, then I think that's how the country gets hurt is by us not investing back in our own country that's my two cents on it but again it's to each his own right i can't tell people what to do that's just how i see it okay okay that's nice um another aspect of your career which i'm starting to follow now is um your job at cbc ottawa uh the weather caster correct yeah mm. so tell me about it you know so this job uh it's actually been a year and a month i've been here and two days ago was my one year anniversary for being on air. And uh, this role started with an opportunity to try out to just do a three week contract just to replace the current weather person as a backup. And, you know, by the grace of God, <laughs> I've, I've been able to extend it to this long. And, uh, you know, like I'm not I'm not the permanent person here, but I am here. And while I am here, I'm doing my best to, you know, make a positive impact on everything that I do. I like to submit local stories. As you see, I, I always submit little stories that I do uh, within the community. And I really appreciate how the people here at CBC have allowed me to provide input and to have stories told from, when I say our community, I mean like, you know, where I'm from, um, the black community here in, in Ottawa, a lot of these stories, which usually aren't highlighted, um, you know, CBC has really given me a chance to highlight these stories. So I, I really like that fact and learning more about the journalism side of things and um i just have such a great appreciation for all the hard work they do here it's it's crazy um it's crazy how a newsroom works and you know you you see how you already see the final product on television but it's always the moving parts and the moving pieces and just you know i work with real professionals and and i'm really lucky and blessed that they give me the time to pick their brains and to help me things and projects which I'm working on and even just being able to get the opportunity like today I'm doing traffic and weather um, at the same time I've never I, I wasn't hired to do weather but they gave me a chance to train on how to do it and 
now I'm doing it today, right? So it's just such a blessed job that I've had. It's the, it's the best job I've ever had in my life. Um, and again, like it's it's if it's something which can allow me, let's say my my tenure is done here, whenever that is, um, in God's time, then maybe I can go back home and, and and work on a new network back home, right? Like who knows, right? But for me, I always like to keep that window open. I like to always think about, okay, but what could I? How can this help me out with? How could this? What could I do with this back home? right? Like I graduated with a business, with a small medium business degree. What could I do with this back home? Um, my backgrounds of what I've done for work, like, you know, what could I do with this back home? So it's always, you know, my network, the people that I know, what could I do with this for back home? So I'm always thinking, um, not only here, but my mind is, is my mind and my heart is definitely back home. Okay. Uh, so are you keen on what's happening with the climate situation in the world now? The hot summers? Yeah, but, you know, well, let me just say before we get into this, I'm not, I've not gone to school to be a climatologist. I'm not going to school for weather. I went to school for business. Mm. But this is what I will say, is the only constant in life is what? Change. Change. Thank you. So <laughs> these things are going to happen, right? Like, so I, I just, that's what I always, that's how I always view things. I always like to view things, take a step back, look at it from a high level. Like, you know, in life, the only constant is change. So we're talking about the weather patterns of change. Yeah, you know, things do change. You know, sometimes we have a year where there's a drought because there's not enough water. Sometimes we have a year where there's a flood because there's too much water. There's always change. There's, you know, consistency is, is rare in life, right? Um, the only constant is change. So I'm aware of all the different heats that's happening and, you know, the famines that's happening with the rice. Look at India, right? Look at um, everything that's happening in Algeria right now. Like I'm not discrediting what is happening, but I'm just, I always think to myself that we should always be prepared for change. We should always be prepared for things to not be as it was. Um, it just, in this particular circumstance, it just seems like it's like even here in Ottawa, we're having tornadoes. We never have tornadoes, right? We had a derecho that happened last year, which was like a windstorm. We never had those, right? So things are changing, but at the same time, you got to think about, look at what we do with the climate, with all the, the places around the world that burn garbage still, right? Look at all the, the BP oil spills, you know what I mean? Look at look at all the the places that still burn coal and all these things and that are bad for the environment. You know, all all the you know, like look at war and all the the the, the things they use in munitions, you know, like who's to say that all these things are are positive things for the atmosphere, right? What if these things impact the atmosphere in its own little way? Everything we do in its own little way impacts the atmosphere. And look at everything we've been doing since the industrial era, right? So let's not be surprised that things are changing because look at our contribution to the environment over the last 200 years since the industrial era, even before the industrial era when they used to, you know, burn kerosene lamps everywhere all the time, right? Like, I mean, we've been, and not to say, we're not perfect, we're humans, right? But at the same time, it's, you know, we're, we're it's, we can't, you know, you, you can't, you can't discredit our role in this. 
as human beings. Okay. And um, so I would say you're pro going green. Of course. I mean, listen, let me remind you who was doing organic before organic was a word. That was us back home. You know, look at all our staple Ugandan food. That's organic before even organic was was put on the shelves. Am I wrong? No, you're right. So my thing is, is I think it's all about bringing it back to basics. For me, is I think what's always important when things get complicated in life, when things get hectic, when things are overwhelming, I like to bring things back to the basics, bring things back to the basics, you know, the basics for me, saying a prayer first thing in the morning, giving thanks. These are the basics, right? And then you just do every day one foot at a time. You know, you get dressed one sock at a time, one, you know, one pant leg at a time bring it back to the basics so for me it's you know as human beings not to say everyone has to walk everywhere but you know if you live in a city which has great public transportation great infrastructure yeah maybe you should consider using public transportation instead of driving everywhere if you can walk to the corner store that's you know just around the corner instead of having to drive you know maybe consider taking a walk you know it never hurts it's 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 good for your body it's good for the soul so i think it's just small things that we can do if you don't have to have your air conditioner running every single night at the coldest temperature, right? Like, I feel like it's just, we can all do our part to better the environment. And again, I'm not here in a pedestal, I'm not perfect. But again, I always think about small things I could do to just help better things, you know? So it's, and you are right, you know, because again, there's only one planet we live on, right? And for me, it's, I always think about our, our nephews, our nieces, you know, I think about my daughter, I think about their future, right? Because I mean, look at us, look at the future. Look at look at the life we've inherited from the generation of our parents and how the economy is an absolute disaster. <laughs> right? Like this is this is the legacy of our parents' generation is, is the amount of debt that our that the world is in right now and and just the state of affairs, right? Like this isn't mine or your fault. We've just been involved in this world for the last, you know, couple of years. But it's the generations before us who brought us to this point. Right. So I, if you were thinking long term about how will this affect the future, then you make better decisions in your present. And I think we have to start thinking more like that. But I mean, again, to each his own. Right. For me, I'm always I'm trying to think about how I can make my nieces and my nephews lives better, how I can make my daughter's lives better, things like that. And it's just small things, you know, like maybe don't get the McDonald's. You know, maybe you guys should eat fruit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, small things. Okay. Um, my, my final topic of discussion would be, um, what makes a proud African? Yes, Victor Paul. What makes a proud African? I think someone who's proud African. Me or in general? You. Man, honestly, I, I, I wave my flag everywhere I can go now, you know, like in, I wear my Katenge shirts everywhere. You know, like I, I always, when I see, you know, when I, when I see black people, period, um, when I'm walking about, when I'm anywhere in the world. I always make sure to, you know, give a nod, say what's up. You know what I mean? Because we're all brothers and sisters at the end of the day. If I see a sister walking, you know, I'll give a nod, say, you know, like a positive, you know, acknowledgement. Because you have to acknowledge each other. And I think we have to get away from the mentality of um, always feeling that we have to be crabs in a bucket to pull each, pull each other down just to get ahead. Um, I think that's the mentality that's been ingrained in us through things like colonialism, right? Um, whenever we were given power, right? They were like, you know, you guys are never going to do it by yourselves. But then look at where we are now, finally making positive impacts. Like for example, as in Uganda and the highways are, are getting built right now, right? Um, you see projects 
in Uganda that are involving China, for example, they're helping out with some infrastructure. So I think things like that are positive signs. And for me, there's nothing that gives me more pride than, man, again, just being back home. When I got off the airport, when I got off the plane, I'm in that airport, security looking at me weird. They're like, oh, why is this guy so excited to be here? <laughs> you know, but I cannot explain to you the feeling of when I'm in Uganda, JP, when I'm in Uganda, when I'm in Barara, right? When I'm like by grandma's house and you look left, it's Junior's house. You look right. You see Tracy's and everyone's houses being built. You see Uncle KK's house. You see Auntie Mary's house. You see Auntie Hilda's house. You see my dad's house. You see where we have our little plot of land. You know what I mean? Like, I cannot explain to you. Like, and you're saying, yeah, of course, right? Like in your head, you're like, yeah, of course. It's it's what it is, right? Mm. But when I'm here... And no matter where I am in this country, no matter where I am when I'm in Dubai, no matter where I am when I'm in Cairo, no matter where I am when I'm in anywhere else in the world, I am not surrounded by my people. I am not in the ancestral land of my people. I am not in the place that I'm that is of the earth that I'm made from. I'm not breathing the air of the air that my grandma breathed, that my that my grandpa breathed, that my great-great-grandfather, you know, walked on the same the same land. Like, I mean, it's this isn't my land, right? Like, this belongs to the indigenous people of Canada, the land that I'm sitting on right now, right? It's not my land. It's not my country. I'm Canadian, but I'm not of the soil. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm. To be in a place that you look around and you see nothing but your people as far as your eye can see. I can't explain to you the the power in that, you know, the amount of just, I had no idea that that part of my tank was so empty until I came back home, until I was home, you know? And I mean, it's been so, it's been, it's been filled up again. I think it's very important. It's very powerful. It's, you know, this is the stuff that made people like grandma live till she was almost a hundred years old. Our grandma lived over a hundred years old. And right there in Barara, you know what I mean? That's over a hundred years old, not in anywhere in Europe. She didn't live. She didn't live anywhere in North America, although she had kids that were all over the world, but she lived where? Right there in Barara. Right? And she lived to over a hundred years old because there's something about being home is just special. It's just right. It's just where, I don't know. I, I just can't put it into words it's just a feeling you know and it's it's a beautiful feeling and and it's a feeling i never want to forget and it's a feeling i want to have more times than not so that's why you know i'm always trying to figure out ways of you know how can i get back home next you know i have no idea how i'm going to get back home next but i promise you this in the next two years i'll be back home i can guarantee you that i don't know how but i'll tell you this grandma grandpa uncle kk you know christine you know rest in peace Uncle Paolo, everyone up there is, is, you know, they're all looking over us every day and they're the ones that, that make the miracles happen that we get to live and experience every day. You know, it's, it's not, it's not just by chance that you're an award winning, uh, that you're an award, you're an you're award winning person in what you do. It's not just by chance that I'm someone that's an international voice in what I do. It's not by chance. We have our people looking over us every single day, every single moment clearing the path for us at all times so you know just keeping that in mind and just you know just keeping my best effort forward and everything that I do that's uh 
that's my mindset. That's how I try to. That's how I. That's how I see things. Uh, thank you, Victor, Paul, for honoring our invitation. Man, JP, it's always a pleasure. It's always a pleasure. It's always a pleasure to be on your podcast. You know, I finally got my chance. <laughs> <laughs>